All right, time for a Miami Sports Pod. Well, Manso, Duke Lane, Clay Ferrero, and normally I open it up with pleasantries and I make a joke and I, and I and I set the scene. I don't want to set the scene. I'm tired already of this narrative that's been thrown out there about Josh Rosen. And right off the bat, guys, I want to start off by saying this. You're an idiot if you think that the Josh Rosen trade is a mistake. Idiot. Idiot if you think a guy who was a top 10 pick a year ago is not worth it for a person, for an organization, for a franchise, for a fan base, but been clamoring for a quarterback for 20 years. I'm sorry. And if you think you fall in the category of idiot, I apologize for calling you that because I don't like to call names, but you're an idiot. There's no way you could not like taking a chance on a top 10 QB. All right, the pod's over. End the story. I love Fired Up Will, by the way. I, and Will, my, my, That's it. my <laughs> question about this is if you don't like the move, turn that down. Or make me deaf. <laughs> why? If you don't like the move, why? Well, what is there not to like about this? Oh well, you could get a you could get a second round uh, defensive end. Who? All, all the defensive ends were gone. Way, all the tackles were gone. Way, the Dolphins have had plenty of those over the last twenty years. Well, I want you to name names, and I'm not talking about players they could have taken. Who are you talking about? I, everybody who tweeted at me, everybody who wrote in this community, every every columnist, writer, beat writer, fan. Trust me, it's not just the beat writers that that have been in, on this. I mean, I've gotten, I got tweets, emails, comments, and on 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 things like saying like, "This is such a waste. He's a waste. He's gonna stink." By the way, he could absolutely stink. We talked about this pre-show. We can get into it, obviously, about Josh Rosen. He wasn't good last year. No. Big part of it was the Cardinals stunk. There is a possibility, and it happens all the time, that he could be a bust, that he could be a guy who's a top-10 pick and just never became a good quarterback. But how do you know that at 22 years old after one year on a crappy team? Well, you mentioned the beat writers. and I, I just kind of want to say this about sort of the job, what our job is, what a beat writer's job is. I think for any of us to pretend to be X's and O's at an NFL level, at a professional level, that we can look at tape and see the specific things that pro scouts are looking for and we know better than them is foolish. Okay. Absolutely. Let, let me how about that. Let me let me keep keep going. Let me just let me change the word idiot then to foolish. That you found the better okay. word. You I, are foolish uh, if you think that he's not worth the risk. So so I think it would be foolish and disingenuous of myself if I say I can look at tape and tell you right now that Daniel Jones of the Giants is going to be this and Josh Rosen now of the Dolphins is I, I, okay because there's such the 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 difference between success and failure in an NFL play in an NFL read in an NFL throw are so different we don't necessarily even know what these guys are trying to do on a given play okay so so it's another level but my problem is the people who are going to cover Josh Rosen for his at least year possibly more in Miami if you've made up your mind already about what someone's going to be at 22 years old having played one season for a horrendous team and you're ready to write him off completely for the rest of his life. He's useless. He's a bum. When you go to cover, in air quotes, that guy, you're going in with the mindset of, I want to prove that. Because who wants to be wrong? But you're having a different discussion. You're having it more. You don't like the journalistic coverage of this. You're not well, talking about the Because well, no, well, I'm talking about just the criticism of the player. Well, I think the, I think the, the Well, I just think that the way that it's being framed, I think people, the framing of the whole situation is 
impacting the way that people are going to look at it. The words that we say have an impact in shaping how people view something. Can I tell you something, though? I think that we're in the majority. I think the majority of people in this town are happy the Dolphins made this trade, Clay, are going to give Josh Rosen a chance and understand that you can't find your franchise QB until you start trying to find your franchise QB. How many Arizona Cardinals games did you watch last year? Uh, probably, I think I watched one. That one day there was one on, and I happen, you know this, I happen to be a fan of Josh Rosen. Yes. Which, by the way, maybe somebody says that clouds my judgment because I followed him to UCLA. I liked watching him. I thought he was the best pro-ready quarterback last year going into the draft. So maybe that clouds my judgment that I actually like the kid because I think he's a heck of a player. I think he's got a heck of a talent. I watched maybe a half of one game, Dookie. I know you watched none. None. And I guarantee you, guarantee I forgot he existed. That that 99.9% of the people who are panning this move and ripping it. They're just looking at stats. They're looking at stats, and I guarantee you they're not watching film. And and we, we didn't By the way, either. I didn't break down film either. But, but let me tell you people who did. A lot of these national pundits, and I know a lot of times national pundits, when you're talking about your local team, I don't expect the the people from ESPN who cover nationally, not the local guys, but nationally, to know as much about your team as you do. And being completely honest about that, if you're listening to this right now, you probably know more about the Miami Dolphins than the guy that you see on SportsCenter, mm-hmm. whoever it may be, just because they have to cover too they, much. The broad range of sports. Just like I couldn't talk to you, uh, I couldn't talk to you about the NHL playoffs right now, the Stanley Cup playoffs, because I it's not something I cover or I'm following closely every moment. No, but... How about them Carolina Hurricanes, though, huh? But, but the flip side of that needs to also be taken into account. When you're here locally, you're probably not watching a whole lot of Arizona Cardinals right. film. Mm-hmm. You do have people, by the way, whose job it is to watch film of the young quarterbacks last year. And, and Barnwell, Bill Barnwell, was somebody who did a breakdown of every single quarterback in last year's class. Universally nationally this move by the miami dolphins is being praised they are being called no the winners of no this draft brainer. and so the people who who have a a bird's eye view of the nfl at large who watched more of josh rosen than i guarantee you the people locally who are not loving this move did saying this is a great move and not just because they think oh josh rosen is going to be the next joe montana no it's because the value and yes. and it's such a low almost no risk lowest do it. Think about it. I don't know how many situations there have been where you can take such a low risk and high reward because what's the biggest reward for an NFL team? To find a superstar franchise quarterback. quarterback. Even a good, very good quarterback that win you some playoff games. Sure, he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers, even though I'd be great, but that's asking a lot. Just think of the high reward. That is the highest reward possible for a franchise, and it is the lowest risk. I mean, it is a risk, and, and you mentioned, Clay, that there are people out there that actually watched film, that actually broke down every snap mm-hmm. he took and every play he did and every and his understanding of defenses and coverages. You know who also did that? The Miami Dolphins. Exactly. Yep. Miami Dolphins did the risk. Chris Greer. Criticize him all you want. Maybe say he wasn't the right guy at the job. He was part of the old regime and he doesn't know what he's doing. Fine. I'll tell you what I know he is doing. He's looking at film. He's breaking down. He's working with his scouts and his and people and figuring out what Josh Rosen did right, wrong, good, bad. And what they saw was a guy with arm strength. A guy with good decision making and a guy who was in an awful situation and hung tough, took a lot of hits. And actually, if anything, I think last year was good for Josh Rosen because, you know, that, that every quarterback has that one bad year. Guess what? Josh Rosen got it out of the way. Now he can get here and have an understanding. Now, he's not going to have the weapons he needs here. We get that. He's going to go through struggles probably as well. But he'll have survived those early struggles. I think it'll only make him better. 
Duke, you mentioned to the to me off the air about this. You're getting a quarterback who's essentially almost like a rookie. Yes. But he's not a rookie because right. he's taken those lumps for 100%. a year. Well, l- let me put it to you this way, right? So ultimately, the theory behind tanking is you want Tua, right? That's the idea. Which, by the way, very still. Which still get him? Yeah, I mean, they're really bad this year. So there's only two ways it can go with Josh Rosen. Either he's great, he's spectacularly great, to where you question if you want Tua, which is less likely, okay? Or he's not great. Let's say he's really bad. If he's if he's as bad as some of the people want to say he is, great. You're going to get Tua. If he's somewhere in well, the middle, well, and, and let me you put it to you. you get the number one pick to well, get Tua. Or, asking a lot. Or, or, but, or, or, by the way, if you get Tua, Herbert, from there's enough good quarterbacks. And the thing that the Dolphins did throughout the draft, which I loved, is they kept stocking and stocking and stocking next year's draft. They have multiple yeah. picks in every getting, round. Getting the second so round even if they're big, even if thing. they're even if they're eighth going into the draft, that doesn't mean they're not going to get a top three quarterback because they'll, they'll be able to put together a deal. I could see Rosen, and this is just a thought. If Rosen is somewhere between great and horrible. I could see the Dolphins looking at him and going, all right, we're paying like $2 million a year for a top 10 talent. We're still going to get the A quarterback from the 2020 class and keeping Josh Rosen around as a cheap backup. I mean, it's a possibility. Oh, I don't think Rosen's going anywhere now, given you didn't have to give much to get him and you don't have to pay him And much. so he's, he's a valuable asset he's, for the next three, four exactly. years. Exactly. And, and I just think, I think ultimately... One of the things in reading about Josh Rosen and reading his background and reading about where he comes from, his great-great-great-grandfather was Wharton from the Wharton School of Business. His father is a renowned surgeon. The guy has a brain on his head, okay? And to me, what I observed about the Dolphins and all of their picks from Christian Wilkins, first round, listening to him talk, graduated school in two and a half years, got his master's, Teacher, teacher, uh, you know, notoriously smart with his money to the point where he was written. Okay, smart, smart. Josh Rosen, smart. The Dolphins appear to be trying to build a smart football team. Is jo- now how does jo- how does Josh Rosen do when the pocket breaks down and they're all trying to kill him? Well, last year he did very badly. Okay, he did terribly. That was year one. You get those out of your system. Now we'll see, now that he's had that experience, now that he's been panned, now that he's had to move, you may see a totally different player. We don't know, but at the risk that they got, plus for the trade, right, the specifics of the trade, they traded a second-round pick. They got a second-round pick in 2020, so it's not like they just burned a second-round pick. They They got one in the draft that's more important to them. They took advantage of a situation where the Cardinals had no leverage. They needed to get rid of Josh Rosen. They knew it. They drafted Kyler Murray. They wanted him in that system, and the Dolphins were wise, and the Dolphins were in a good position where they said, you know what, we're let's not forget they passed on Dwayne Haskins. They had Dwayne Haskins sitting right there. They didn't have to trade a draft pick. They didn't have to sit there and, and maneuver or anything. They could have just taken him, and they felt, again, with their scouting and their, their research, that it was wiser to get a 
Josh Rosen now and have him with that team-friendly contract the next few years than to take a first-round pick who turns out to be Christian Wilkins, hopefully a force in your defense. All right, we'll continue the conversation in a moment, but our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money in a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, kind of like Buick GMC, Pembroke Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera, kind of like Buick GMC. Vera, kind of like Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. I don't want to delve too much further into the personality aspect of Josh Rosen because I'd rather Josh Rosen do that for himself. And as we tape this, as we always do on Sunday nights, and then this sits throughout the week where you can listen to it and hopefully you do, uh, Josh Rosen is speaking to the media on Monday to, to here in South Florida. We're going to get a better understanding of Josh Rosen, the person, the personality, the reputation that goes with him. I think to your point, though, Dookie, he's a smart guy. He's an outspoken guy, comes from a very affluent family, clearly a very smart family, a very successful family. I think he has this perception of being an entitled jerk who is going to speak his mind and that somehow is going to rub people off the wrong way in the locker room or in the fan base or in the media when the reality is there's not a single person that I've heard of or read from that, that you hear from that's played with him that says that. You said you you don't want to get into it. I want to get into it. And, okay. and we'll have more coming up later. But And I say this only because the Josh Rosen that we're going to see this week when we hear from him, uh, what people put out there publicly is is often much different than, than who they are privately, who they are in the locker room. You just don't know. And, and he could be a great guy publicly and a great guy privately. Or, or, or he could be an absolute bad jerk boat. and we don't know it, but I certainly don't get that feeling from teammates. And that's where I'm going with this. I want to def- defer to teammates on this thing. And I'm going to read this. This is on uh, Pro Football Talk's article about this when Larry Fitzgerald held his charity softball game. And Larry Fitzgerald, by the way, may be the greatest guy in the NFL as far as just as a pure person, uh, perception-wise. He is a pro's pro. There is nobody better. His dad's a sports writer, so he understands you the know, his obligation. Game. Yeah, he, he knows gets it. it. He knows it. Uh, Josh Rosen, we're taping this on Sunday. He got on a plane Sunday morning to come to Miami. Saturday night, he stayed in Arizona because he promised Larry Fitzgerald he was going to stay for a softball game. This is the quote from Larry Fitzgerald in that article. He could have easily gone down to Miami already or just said, hey, I'm not going to do it. But that shows you his commitment, his character, and just friendship. Here's the quote. I'm very fortunate to call him a friend. That's Larry Fitzgerald. All right. Then Josh Rosen, when the trade was announced, he waited a few minutes, and then he posted on Instagram, all right, let's get it, Miami. And he posted the the Dolphin and Mm -hmm. himself in a Dolphin's uniform. The first people, the first prominent people, when you're on Instagram, what they show is the uh, the people with a lot of followers. Yeah, you can see that right top. away. Yeah. The first people you will see commenting, David Johnson, you're going to be one of the greats. David Johnson is one of the greats, by the way, when he's healthy. When he's healthy, he's a machine, yeah. Teammate. Christian Kirk, support. Teammate. Derwin James, competitor, giving him support. So you tell me. If you're concerned about him being a bad locker room guy, why are all these people that are in his locker room giving him universal support? And and yeah. not just support in a professional, hey, wish you well, buddy, but Larry Fitzgerald saying, that's my friend. That's my friend, and you're going to be a great in all these things that you hear. Yeah, and by the way, Larry Fitzgerald, I want to say, is mid-30s. Josh Rosen is 22, yeah. and he's calling him his friend. I am fortunate to call him a friend. And I'm not sitting here saying that, that Josh Rosen is going to go out and find the cure for cancer or that he's he's Mother Teresa. 
what I'm saying is it's really clear that anybody who is coming out and saying that, oh, Josh Rosen is going to be bad for the locker room. They're going strictly based on reputation that was coming out of college and nothing firm, nothing solid, because all of these people... Chris Greer said it's BS. Chris Greer said that they did their research and it's all BS. And it is true, to your point, what teammates say. What others, are, what other coaches have said about him. I mean, people are afraid, it seems like, of someone who is intelligent or outspoken or a little bit different. They want the boring quarterback who gives you the generic soundbite and is quiet. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And and I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad that none of that affected the Dolphins' decision making. I think they had to look at it because there is a reputation out there. We're not making this reputation out of the air. No. There is a perception about him. But what it seems to be is that that perception is totally different than the people that really matter, and those are the ones that are around them all the time. Now, is that going to make him the franchise quarterback of no. the Dolphins? Does that mean that next year the Dolphins are going to get Tua because they've got Rosen for the next decade plus? No. But Again, it goes to my original point. For those who think this was a dumb move I, or a waste of, of valuable picks or whatever you want to say, it's ridiculous. What was the big scandal last year with the Cardinals that everybody in the NFL was talking about related to Josh Rosen? There wasn't a single single. I thing. forgot that franchise existed. I, I Not one time did it dawn on me until... They got the number one pick he in the got draft. Beat to a pole. Yeah, I, I remember that's seeing. About it. I remember like filling out the ticker and going, "Ooh, that's not a good score." But but other than that, so I I, I think people are looking for a reason to knock him down a peg. I mean, the Steve Smith rant of the NFL Network where he was saying he doesn't like competition I mean, because he unfollowed the Cardinals <laughs> because after they traded the, or after they they picked a quarterback number 1 and then said they were trading him and posted a million times pictures of Kyler Murray look i would unfollow someone if if i was breaking yes. up and they posted when, pictures when, with my ex when girlfriend Clay, when they Hamilton hired Clay i immediately blocked them on social media you did and I it was a good move I, eventually i came around but i didn't want to see his face like he's a 22 year old kid if you if you're looking, if you're a grown adult and you're looking at who a 22-year-old is following or unfollowing in social media to evaluate their character, you need to find something better to do with your but time. That's the way we do things. Because I, I, team, I, and then when he finally spoke, I almost thought he kind of trolled everybody by how thick he laid it on his statement that he oh, made. Oh, there was some definitely where he was PR like, where he was like, "Hey, Kyler, I've got a great two-bedroom that you." I mean, it was it was it was a bit much, but, but you know what? No, I don't think so. I, I think. Like all, not much in a bad way. It was just like he's a smart oh, he kid. Gets he he's, gets he's it. He's he's a smart Alec. Yes. He's yes. he's a bit of a smart Alec. And you know what? I'm I'm down with it. It's fine. He's got a little bit of an attitude. No. Ba- you think Baker Mayfield doesn't have an attitude? Oh Everybody, God. you know, like Baker you Mayfield, know, I mean, the, the guy who, I mean, who, who who trolled his former coach and bo- stared him down. And the all that bottom stuff. line is. What you can take any behavior and based on winning or losing, it's a good thing or a bad thing. So if you're if you're if you have a little bit of cockiness and you lose, you're too cocky. But if you win, you have swag. Look, look, and if you're if you're quiet, year. if you're a quiet guy and you lose, you you're not passionate enough. Yes. But if you're quiet and you win, you're focused. I, I mean, you literally can spin. Like, you could go to the look. How often, for the first seven or eight years of Eli Manning's career, yeah. goofy-faced Eli that they always make fun yep. of was a cool thing because he was just that cool under pressure, nothing bothered him. Now, all of a sudden, when they stink, it's, oh, Eli being Eli. Baker Mayfield last year, the fire that uh, Dookie just talked about, it was great. You know why? Because he turned the Browns franchise around. If they were the same old 2-14 and 14 Browns last year... He's a hothead. He's a hothead and, yeah. and, and an attitude problem. I'm never going to make it in the NFL because of it or it's going to hurt the locker room. That's just the... 
Odell Beckham Jr. Look, he got traded this offseason. The big reason why was perceived a hothead. When he's making one-handed catches and leading you to the playoffs like he did a few years for the Giants, nobody cared. Then when the Giants stink and go 4-12, and everybody cares. So it is really, that's what it comes down to. There's a bigger issue here, though, Clay, and it's unfortunate because the Cardinals had statistically, when it came to protecting the quarterback, the worst offensive line in the league. Dolphins had the second worst. <laughs> It's not going to get any easier. Yeah, that's the a reality. Yeah. There's yeah. a reality that Josh Rosen, if he's going to earn his stripes, so to speak, or the opportunity to be the franchise quarterback of this team, he's going to have to do it by showing his toughness in games, but by showing his ability in the practice field, in the film room, in his preparation, in the coaches' meetings, because on the field, it's unlikely the Dolphins are going to be better than the 7-9 and nine when they were last year. The Dolphins are going to spend the next year treating this as an extended evaluation period for the 2020 draft, which will include Josh Rosen. That's how I think they're going to view this thing. I think they're going to put him through very similar workouts in practice that they're going to put all of the quarterbacks in the 2020 draft through when they, when they go through that process. And, and I think they're going to grade Josh Rosen over this next year. They'll go back to some of his college stuff. But I think they're going to use this year to figure out where does he grade versus those quarterbacks we're talking about, versus Tua, versus Jordan Love and Jake Fromm and Justin Herbert? And I think if it's really, really close, then I think let's assume they get a top 10 pick, they'll use that top 10 pick to build around Josh Rosen. Yeah. But if Josh Rosen is grading as a second-round pick, so to speak, for the next year versus those top four quarterbacks, and you've got somebody far and away clear at the front of the board, and, oh, by the way, you can get up to get him because you got this 2020 second-round pick for the, from the Saints to move up, and you got to pick in every single round in addition to your own pick to be able to maneuver and move up, I think they'll move up for the quarterback. Yeah. So. I don't think that this automatically makes the Dolphins uh, an eight and eight team, even a seven and nine team. I mean, they were seven and nine. La- they were seven and nine last year, and they they have they. I listen. I don't think the Dolphins would be better. Than no, I don't, no. I, I think it's clear they're probably going to be a four and twelve, five and eleven team, even if Josh Rosen plays well. Yes, yes, and, and that's where you know when people were saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to ruin the tank. No, he's not. I don't think Tom Brady could ruin the tank with this roster as it's. I, I think it's a bottom three roster in the league still, but I think you're seeing the seeds being planted of a great foundation, and that's why I, I don't even know if the stats that Josh Rosen throws out there are going to matter as much as as what the coaches see on the film mm-hmm. and what the coaches see in practice and how it compares to Tua and Fromm and Herbert. To your point, too, I, I want to get a little more draft-based before we wrap up the pod because I don't know how much we want to delve into the rest of the draft picks because we can talk a little Wilkins, obviously, but what did we spend the entire offseason so far hearing? Dolphins want to fix things on the lines, right? We didn't know if they would go quarterback. And again, they passed on Dwayne Haskins. They they, they passed on Drew Locke, too. I mean, I don't think he was really a factor. But point is, we talked about it fortifying the lines, and it all starts in a rebuild on the lines. And then you work your way out, mm-hmm. and you figure out exactly what you're going to have in corner and pass rush and things. But that line, you need to get that line figured, especially the middle line. Well, what do the Dolphins do? They surprise us, and they do get a quarterback. Okay. They get a big tackle in Christian Wilkins. I thought, who to me, was a top seven or eight player in this draft who some believe could be the most impactful 
rookie player on the defensive side in the league this year, the way he can disrupt the middle of the line. Again, stopping the run is still important in the league. I know it's a passing league, but you have a big guy like that that clogs the middle. It changes your defense. And then they get a versatile lineman in Michael Dieter. And again, it's not sexy. And that's what we talked about in our pre in our pre-draft pod. It's not sexy when you take an offensive lineman, but that's where you start. So why is it that the Dolphins did that? Surprised us a bit then by getting a quarterback and doing what we all agree was a good deal. And people are sitting there going, that was a bad draft. I, I'm not sure what the Dolphins they're, were thinking. They're not doing it nationally. You're right. Nationally, they're getting I mean, praised and, and for the way, this draft. How do you fix in a rebuild? When you're rebuilding, in theory, you have six, seven, eight holes. Yeah. You don't fix that in one draft. No. You just don't. I thought that for the first time in a really, really long time, I just felt like the Dolphins were were, were smart. They were utilizing their resources. Mm -hmm. They were drafting the right guys. They weren't reaching at the right times. They were going to the right schools for the right positions. When I want a defense alignment, I go to Clemson. When I want want offensive alignment, I go to Wisconsin. It's logical. Like, you look at Wisconsin's offensive line when you watch Wisconsin play, and you go, those are big, strong, well-coached dudes. Go get one of those. You know, by, by chance, the linebacker that they took in the fifth round University of Miami fans saw him. Wisconsin linebacker Van Van, uh, Van, Ginkle. Van Ginkle. How'd you forget the name? I know <laughs> it's fun. It's actually funny. I, I I watched him in the Orange Bowl two years ago. I forgot that he was the one who got the pick. He was uh, all I, over I totally, the field. I, I forgot all about him because I, to be honest with you, as a Canes alum, I wanted to forget all about yeah. that game. <laughs> and I just remember watching that game and 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 sitting in the press box. I kept saying tackle Van Ginkle, and I kind of it's kind of an interesting name, so it kind of stuck out. All game, he dominated. This year, bowl game again. He played well against the Canes in the bowl game. He's a pretty good linebacker. So I just—he's he, a good linbacker for their system. For, for, he's right? Not, for, he's not. No, he's not. He's not Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, no, no, but, but I'm I saying, he, like, he, uh, I guess what you're, to your point too is in Clay. I, I, we talk, again, we talked about it at the pre-draft pod. They're trying to identify the kind of players they want under Brian Flores and with Chris Greer. And I think in this draft, they did a pretty good job getting that kind of player. Smart. And that's the word that the Dukey used, smart. That and, and it's the word Brian Flores has used all uh, over and over. They want smart, tough guys who love football. And not only do they say it, but then they followed suit by drafting those guys. And this goes back to what we were talking about with organizational alignment. Chris Greer, Brian Flores, hired essentially at the same time. I know Chris Greer has been around here forever, but elevated at the same time that Flores was hired. And and there's a feeling that they are aligned not just in mindset, but also, frankly, in job security. That one, one guy isn't trying to save his job one year while the other guy has the long-range outlook, which I think we saw a bit with Tannenbaum and Gase yeah. and Greer when it felt like, Greer had a little and more Hickey, job security. keep going. And, and, Hickey, and Hickey and, and Ireland. Uh, yes. And this has been going on for 20 years. Yes. This isn't new. So, no, this is, this is well, no, this is new what's happening now. But, yes. But the, the lack of alignment and the lack of, of, I mean, Clay, to your point, this is kind of, Stephen Ross almost gave the Dolphins a get-out-of-jail-free card for this draft. Basically, do what you want. You don't have to win next year. I'm not firing anybody. And I think that they took that space, and rather than like reaching foolishly, they took that space and they're building a structure that is going to like succeed long term. They're building, they're laying a foundation, and and that foundation is is a little bit of players, a little bit of types of players, picks for next year. That like they're, 
I got the sense, and maybe you guys disagree, but for the first time in a long time, it felt like there was a master plan and they're they're starting to implement and it. And to your point, you know what this felt too is that it's a patient plan. This is not a rush. Look, the Dolphins have a lot of money in free agency set up for next year. I don't for I don't see them all of a sudden diverting from the plan and just signing free agents like big money contracts next year. I think that this draft was a vision and the beginning of the vision of a two to three year plan. Next draft. And then the following draft. They're not going to come out and say, hey, we're not going to be good for three years or we're not going to be a Super Bowl contender for three years. But I think what they're saying is we're going to set ourselves up to be that in three years. And I know that fans sometimes get caught up. Man, three years of sucking. I don't know if it's three years of stinking, but I do think it's three years of this type of growth. Little things, incremental growth, a few a two linemen now. Maybe next offseason it is the quarterback, or maybe Rosen's the answer. And then the next step of a big play wide receiver. And then the next step of a big defensive end that rushes the passer. And by year three of that, you're looking around and you say, man, we, we got a nice nucleus. We got a, we got a stud quarterback, and we got a, comp- a, a contending team. Which, by the way, should coincide with when Tom Brady says bye-bye and all this hope. goes down. But but real quick, going back to, to SMART, and what is your identity as an organization, as a franchise? And it's not only are they saying they want SMART, but they're going out and they're proving it. Adam Gase, I can tell you this. The Dolphins under Adam Gase, they looked for guys who talked trash, they looked for guys who were uber competitive, edgy. Like Gase, basically. Right. That was their identity. And the personality of their coach. Right. And a little bit of a powder keg. And we saw it. When things started to go south, that's what emerged in the Dolphins' locker room. That's what emerged on the field. You had Rashad Jones refusing to go into a game, right? I mean, we saw that. And... That's And that's not necessarily – I'm not saying that as, as an indictment on Rashad Jones. I'm saying that that was the organizational culture that was fostered there. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a terrible thing if it works because then you got guys who oh, our backs are up against a wall, us against the world, all of that. When it works, it can be really, really good. When it doesn't, it can be really, really bad. There is no world, no football world, where having smart players that love the game of football is a bad thing. And I think that's the culture that they've told us they're trying to instill with this new Dolphins franchise, and they're backing it up. And I give them a lot of credit for that. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, so as we put the finishing touches on this pod, uh, we all are in agreement that the Dolphins have have set up this identity. They've drafted well. Uh, We love the Josh Rosen move. We really like Christian Wilkins. Uh, We discussed a little bit about the lineman, about the linebacker, and all, you know, the edge rusher, all these things that that they're trying to figure out how to deal with. But I think we also in agreement with this. Dolphins are going to be bad next year, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's okay to, to to agree with one thing and understand the other. Now, there's a part. Do I hope people are like? Oh, do you want that? It's not that I want that. It's I think that's part of a rebuild. Is you're going to take that lump early on, but it's going to have a payoff in the end. Well, but here's the difference between the Dolphins as we talk about them this week and as we talked about them a week ago. They were going to be bad a week ago. They're going to be bad now. But they're going to be interesting 
there is going to be a reason to watch them. There are more reasons and more storylines and more star power and more what could you be. Mean, you mean the Josh Rosen news conference is more interesting than Ryan Tannehill? I, I, I think, listen, I like the Ryan Fitzpatrick talking about eating birthday cakes, but I don't know if I could have done a year of Ryan Fitzpatrick talking about eating birthday cakes. The possibility of this top 10 pick maybe having this comeback season is kind of interesting. You could see from the first five seconds, Will, you went to the draft. Within five seconds of talking to Christian Wilkins, he was probably one of the most dynamic personalities we've had in South Florida, period, right away. So immediately, I am as excited about Miami Dolphins football right now as I've been in years, and I know they're going to be. They're oh, probably boy. they're probably going 3-13, and 13, but I can't wait to watch Story it. Storyline-wise, too, for us and for interest's sakes, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Clay, we would have covered him all offseason, and we still will. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, uh, Brian Flores said no one's the starter. I mean, they got to go out and earn it, and obviously Josh Rosen falls in that category. But we would have kind of been following this team during the little mini camps and then the training camp. And you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay, he's, hey, look, he's felt. He, he, he dropped five pounds. He stopped eating cupcakes. Whatever, <laughs> whatever it may yeah, be. Weight Watchers yeah, of exactly. Ryan Fitzpatrick. But it, that's, that would not have been interesting. Now, with Josh Rosen, there is a storyline that we're going to follow every week. How's Josh Rosen looking? Did he win the starting job? How is he doing in that starting job? Are we seeing the development? I think there is a level of interest that – this franchise wasn't going to have this year, as as Dukey just mentioned a few days ago. I don't think it's just this franchise. I mean, we were sitting here talking, and I, I think one thing we, we take pride in, especially on this podcast, is being transparent. And we were talking, oh, we about, were talking about this. We were talking balls. We were talking about ping pong balls. May 14th. We were talking about, well, maybe the Heat will find a way. No, I mean, we were sitting here thinking, what are we going to do for the next four months? And and Dookie's thing is always, and you're right about this, well, we'll find something. Something always Something, I, I've, been, I've been in I, this town my whole life. I've been doing this professionally since 2003. Something always comes up. I understand. There were a dull moment at this town. I understand. Yeah. Oh, they're actually, but, they were, there are some dull moments. I understand. <laughs> but they're entertaining. Yes. I, but this is the thing that happened. And right, this is the right, thing, right. by the way, that we could theoretically talk about every single day. Oh, we're going to ride it like Seabiscuit. one of the NFL season. <laughs> and people are still going to have very different opinions on this until yep. week one of the NFL season. We, until week 17, they probably we will. We opened the pod talking about the silliness and the foolishness of people thinking that this was a bad move for trying to get a franchise quarterback. After spending the last 20 years looking for one, we could do a whole pod on every single quarterback one by one that's quarterback the Miami Dolphins the last 20 years. And do you know the last quarterback to quarterback the Dolphins to a playoff win? The lovely Jay Fiedler. My dude. The talented Jay Fiedler. Why is he your dude? Always like Jay Fiedler. Oh, stop it. Jay Fiedler was actually one of my favorites. I like. I always nice like Jay Fiedler. Very nice man. Look, they had Chad Pennington come in and have a nice season. Remember that? Uh, but outside of that, it's been just painful that we just suffered six seasons of waiting for Tannehill to develop. That didn't happen. I don't know if Josh Rose is the answer. But it was I only six years of Tannehill? Re-energized. I know, it felt like a long It felt like 173 yeah. years. Yeah, well, I, I think the Dolphins are going to be 5-11, and 11 and I'm excited. I think, they're, I think they're on the right track. 3-13, I, and I, 13, told, I want to host the party. I, yeah, I told Dookie this. <laughs> I was at the Super Bowl next you, year. So. You were at the draft in Nashville. I was at Dolphins headquarters, and every time something would happen regarding the Dolphins, whether it was a pick or a trade, I was sitting there thinking, oh, yeah. oh, oh. This is the plan. This is the plan. They're following it. Well done. Smart. Those were the words that kept going. And so it's like now 
Whereas before it was almost an an interest because of our job and mm-hmm. and and we yeah we it. had to kind of follow like, it and know it. Yeah. Oh, now I'm really intrigued. I, I was in a weird. This will sound really weird. I was proud of them. Like, I was too. Uh, after Absolutely. after so after so many years of stupidity, yeah. like I was like, look look at the Dolphins not being the suckers in the trade, but yeah. being on the right side of it for a change. And, and how nice is that? Well, Good for them. And and. and uh, this was the phrase you used before the pod. It felt like for the first time in decades there was an adult in the room. It did, yeah, yeah, and and that adult made the right decisions. Those adults made the right decisions. And to the adults that thought this was a bad decision, shame on you! Don't you <laughs> rain on my parade? Go take that misery elsewhere. Take it elsewhere. That's the way we're in the pod. Take your negative thoughts and misery elsewhere. The Dolphins are trying to figure this out. Josh Rosen, welcome to town. <laughs>